Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As always, Eric Spiropoulos, and you can follow me on Twitter at Eric Spiros. You can follow the site, our new website, 94feetreport.com. You can follow it on Twitter at the 94feetreport. Uh, and uh, this is episode two of our Fresh 15 series, in which case every day for the first couple of days, probably from July 1st through July 5th, we will be having short 15-minute episodes of our podcast to review the day in free agency. If you missed yesterday's episode, we had Jeremy Brenner, a writer at the 94 Feet Report, on the show to give our 15-minute 15-minute breakdown of the signings on July 1st. Obviously, now it is July 2nd, 11.06 p.m. Eastern Time, so almost July 3rd, but we're going to stay up a little bit later to review the signings on July 2nd because there certainly were some notable signings today in the NBA. With that being said, let's start in. Let's dive right in. Almost about two minutes before we actually started recording, um, Paul Millsap signed a three-year, $90 million contract with the Denver Nuggets. Um, This is a move that most people wanted uh, most people wanted Millsap to go to the Nuggets, and they got their their dreams came true. Um, pairing Paul Millsap with Nikola Jokic in the front court for Denver is is a, an excellent pair. Jokic obviously an excellent offensive player, but you know you know limited uh, or d- defensively challenged, and it's hard to build a really good defense around Nikola Jokic. But Paul Millsap is an excellent defender, an All Star in the past four seasons. You know, he's not too shabby offensively himself. I think he averaged over 18 points per game this past season, over seven rebounds, over three assists per game. He's kind of started to develop a three-point shot, hitting above around 31 to 32% over the past couple of seasons. Um, but pairing him with Jokic and their other young guys like Gary Harris, Will Barton, Jamal Murray, um, Wilson Chandler, it looks like they probably won't have Danilo Gallinari next season, but that is one fun team that should be very successful. Now, the problem with the Nuggets, you know, adding Millsap is that the Western Conference itself has gotten so much stronger just in this past couple of weeks. You got Jimmy Butler going to the Timberwolves. You got Paul George going to the Thunder. The Rockets added Chris Paul. Um, now the Nuggets are making moves over here um, to get Paul Millsap. This West is going to be a complete bloodbath, and we're waiting to see what the Jazz look um, because Gordon Hayward is going to meet with the Jazz tomorrow after meeting with the Celtics and Heat over the weekend, and he's probably going to decide Monday or Tuesday where he's going. Is he going to go east, um, or is he going to stay in the west, which makes the Jazz still a very competitive team fighting for that kind of four to four through six seeding in the playoffs. So the Western Conference is going to be an absolute bloodbath. Obviously, it's too early to really judge the teams and evaluate them and predict them. We, we still are only two days into free agency. Things are still going to happen throughout the rest of the week. Things happen throughout the rest of the summer, potentially other trades. Of course, we have have to see these teams on court before we can properly project and predict how good they're going to be. But adding Paul Millsap um, is a great move for the Nuggets, and just him with with Nikola Jokic, two great passing big men. Millsap is a really good defender, um, both offensively gifted, and, and Nikola Jokic especially is a great offensive big man. 
one of the best in the, in the, in the NBA. Um, and getting Millsap for three years, I know it's $30 million per year, which is expensive, but they didn't have to give him that four-year deal. Um, Millsap, I think, has just turned 31 or 32, so giving him that four-year deal, he probably that fourth year probably would have been a terrible um, value for the contract. But you know, Millsap should still be near that all-star level for at least the next two years. And even that third, he still, he still should be an above-average starter. So getting him to, to, to lower that to three years is a really big deal. And probably one of the biggest reasons why they were able to do that is because there probably weren't as many suitors for Paul Millsap as expected coming into free agency. You know, the Timberwolves were rumored to be interested, but then they signed Taj Gibson, which we'll, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and uh, the Nuggets were kind of left... You know, as the only team standing, the Hawks weren't interested in bringing him back at this price. They're going through a rebuild, traded Dwight Howard earlier in the offseason. Um, the Rockets were looking for a sign and trade, but they just simply didn't have the assets, and they had uh, an eventful day on July 2nd themselves. So the Nuggets were kind of left as that lone suitor um, in terms of teams that were on the rise looking to, you know, compete for the playoffs. Obviously, there were probably teams with lots of cap space who are rebuilding that had a lot of money for Millsap and probably would have offered him a full max but he's 31 32 he wants to win and he wants to win now and he saw the Nuggets as an emerging up-and-coming team with a lot of young good talent to do so and he still gets his 30 million dollar per year per year for the next uh, three years so overall a great contract for both sides both Millsap and the Nuggets and the Nuggets again the Timbles are going to make a huge jump after struggling that last year the Nuggets you know, we're really close to the playoffs last year. Adding Millsap without losing really anything, maybe Gallinari in the end, um, makes them, you know, a tough contender for the playoffs. The Thunder got better. The Rockets got better. The Jazz might actually get better if they can keep Gordon Hayward. Um, you know, it's just going to be such a bloodbath in the Western Conference. Speaking of the Rockets, let's move to them. They made two signings. One, they finally were able to, you know, after that whole debacle of Nene, which we talked about in yesterday's episode of the 94 Feet Report NBA podcast with Jeremy Brenner, um, Nene was originally offered and agreed to a four-year $15 million contract, but the over the new over 38 rule, which was implemented by the CBA, which went into effect yesterday on July 1st, you know, said that rule that that contract wasn't allowed. It was a weird misstep from Daryl Morey and the Rockets, a miscalculation on their part. And Nene was back on the open market after saying that he was disappointed with the with the three years, ten million dollar contract. In the end, he, he actually ended up taking that contract, three years, eleven million dollars. Um, actually, the original one they said was three years, ten point nine million. So basically, the same contract. Nene loved Houston, loved playing last year, loved the coaching staff, loved the players, loved the pretty the pretty good the successful season that the Rockets had. They added Chris Paul, um, they added PJ Tucker, which we're about to talk about. So this team looks like Nene realized that this team, you know, he can get good money, he can get a good lengthy contract. You know, it's I think it's doubtful that he stays for all three years. I think he probably stays for another year or two and probably retires after that. But he wanted to get that commitment for three years, and he got that on a team that should be a pretty good contender in the Western Conference. Um, so it's really great to have Nene back. He was a really good big man for the Rockets last year. A nice, you know, change of pace from from Clint Capella. Good veteran presence. You manage his minutes right. You manage his games played right. He comes fresh. Um, he's a skilled passer for a big man. Got great hands um, and just a good veteran presence. And he loves playing in Houston. He loves the team and the organization. So it was a, it was a great signing getting an A for three years, eleven million. The probably the more notable signing is, is the signing of PJ Tucker for four years, thirty-two million by the Rockets. Um, I raved about this signing. I wrote about. I wrote a grade and reaction to this signing on Hoops Hub. You can check it out on my Twitter at Eric Spiros. Um, I gave this signing an A minus because I think it's just a really great signing by the Rockets. Eight million dollars per year for PJ Tucker is a very, very reasonable rate for his defensive services. Now, four years is a pretty long contract, especially because he is 32 years old. But I think he should be. Um, 
you know, an above average player uh, and above average defensively for at least two or three years of the contract. And then you get to that fourth year and at eight million with the cap was, is still going to increase slightly over the past next couple of years. You'll probably be able to trade that contract if it's really a true, you know, disaster. But, you know, it might not be that. But the first two to three years of this contract, I think, are going to be fine, especially at eight million dollars per year. Tucker is one of the most versatile defenders in the NBA. He can probably guard one through four and on occasion fives at uh, centers, I should say. Um, he's really great for small ball four, uh, to play small ball four. Um, he can play small forward at times, but again, a team like the Rockets who really love three-point shooting and maybe not be the best idea, but he can certainly guard small forwards. He can certainly guard guards, point guards, or shooting guards on switches in the pick and roll. He can guard some power forwards, especially when teams go small, which a lot of teams do more often now in the NBA. He's a defender that the Rockets need if they want to compete with teams like the Warriors. You know, now they could throw out great defensive lineups centered around Chris Paul, Trevor Ariza, P.J. Tucker, and Clint Capella. Um, and, you know, it could slot uh, maybe like an Eric Gordon at shooting guard if you want to have the best defensive lineup possible with their roster. Obviously, their roster isn't complete yet, but it, uh, Tucker is such a versatile defender, and him being able to guard multiple positions is extremely valuable in today's NBA, locking him up for about $8 million per year, um, getting him through the rest of his prime and, and past his prime but still at an above average defensive level is a great contract and great signing for the Rockets so adding Nene and Tucker bolsters that Rockets bench which was severely depleted in the Chris Paul trade moving to another team who made two signings to bring back players in fact were the Toronto Raptors they first signed re-signed Serge Ibaka three years 65 million and then later in the day they signed Kyle Lowry three years 100 million so they did, both players didn't get the four-year deal that they were probably looking for um, but Lowry, obviously, with three years, $100 million, is going to get over $33 million per year, depending on how they uh, structure that contract to increase, decrease, or be flat throughout the contract. Um, and Ibaka at three years, $65 million is a pretty good rate. Um, he fit in pretty well with the Raptors when he was acquired uh, near the trade deadline last year. Kyle Lowry struggled with injuries towards the end of last year, and his playoff performance was once again disappointing. Um, but again, he, he plays great in the regular season, two-time All-Star now. Um, Ibaka can help with their defense. He's more versatile. He can play center. He can play power forward. He's added a three-point shot. You know, his defense has fallen off in recent years, but he's still an above-average defender. And depends what the Raptors want to do with Jonas Valanciunas. They want to get off some salary probably because they have an expensive team right now that, you know, we don't know is a real contender in the Eastern Conference. Obviously, with the Eastern Conference getting much weaker in the past couple of weeks, the Raptors now look like a better team than they probably did a couple of weeks ago if they brought back their core. But this core was swept in the, by the Cavs in the second round very easily, um, has struggled in the playoffs in the past, has struggled with some injury issues. So it's more likely that the Raptors are looking now for some trade partners to unload some of their contracts so they avoid paying a, you know, a heavy bill for a team that we don't necessarily know is a contender in the Eastern Conference. But certainly good for the Raptors to continue trying to compete. Um, we've seen a lot of teams just, you know what, we, we thought going into the offseason a lot of teams would take a step back and kind of wait out the Warriors and the Cavs. But, you know, we've seen more, it's more teams that have actually jumped into the race to try and compete with these teams. And that's something exciting and something that we should definitely want to see and encourage in today's NBA. Yes, the Warriors are an incredible superpower. Yes, the Cavs are a pretty dominant team in the east um, but we should want teams to compete with these teams uh, and the Raptors are doing that the Rockets are doing that the Thunder are doing it the Timberwolves are trying to do it the Nuggets are doing it adding you know an older Millsap to a younger core so it's nice to see these teams trying to go all in and nice to see the Raptors bring back a, a very successful core um, to their team let's just dive into the other minor signings um, you know the other signings that happened, we had Taj Gibson going to the Timberwolves for two years, $28 million. So another former bull under Tom Thibodeau is, is brought back, now returning with Tom Thibodeau. Um, he can slot into that power forward, um, both starting and from the bench. Um, 
I like the signing. It makes them physical, gives them defensive presence, gives them leadership, um, and Thibodeau's certainly capable um, and familiar with Gibson. I think that you know this team is, might not have much shooting um, with with, with uh, you know you got Jeff Teague and then one of Butler or Wiggins, and then you got Gibson and Towns. Obviously, Towns is out of a decent three point shot, but that team will lack shooting, and that could be a downfall potentially in the playoffs. But that team will be physical. Um, they will be on their you know, they'll be on their games defensively. You will not want to play the Timberwolves even with their lack of shooting. They will make you feel it next year with Gibson and, and tough guys like Butler and, and Thibodeau coaching them and another year with the young guys under Thibodeau. So a nice signing by the Timberwolves with Taj Gibson. The Wizards added Jody Meeks for two years, $7 million. You know, a nice cheap um, guard off the bench who can obviously add some shooting. Um, you know, they got Otto Porter, who's a restricted free agent, who was offered a max deal by the Kings, and it looks like the Wizards are going to match. They got Bojan Bogdanovic, who's a restricted free agent. Not really sure what's going to go on, happen with him. So adding Jody Meeks for cheap, you know, provides some shooting, a little bit of ball handling, a decent signing for the Wizards there. Kyle Korver was brought back to the Cavaliers for three years, $22 million. So, you know, Culver is getting up there in age. So they, you know, they did kind of take a risk with having, giving him a three-year contract. But, you know, he is a fairly healthy player overall, and he is really simply mostly a shooter. So, you know, he doesn't have to put too much stress, you know, handling the ball, playing much defense. But, you know, I think it's a reasonable solid for Culver. I think Corver, I think they had to bring him back. He is not a player you can really play during the against the Warriors with his poor defense, and if his shot's not falling, he's an extreme liability, but the Cavs had to do what they had to do to bring him back and keep trying with his core. Justin Holliday signed a two-year, $9 million contract with the Bulls. Who had a, He had a nice season with the Knicks last year. Um, he's returning now to the Bulls, and he is up there. He's at 26 or 27 in age, so he doesn't necessarily fit their rebuild, but a nice cheap signing for a, a, a very capable guard in the NBA. He's, he's pretty close to a 3 and D guard um, who can guard some small forwards and definitely some guards, and he can, you know, hit three. So, you know, it's a decent, you know, low-risk signing by the Bulls who are obviously entering a rebuild. And Ben McLemore went to the Grizzlies in a two-year's $10.7 million contract. Again, the Grizzlies are looking for more shooting. They tried it last year with James Ennis and Chandler Parsons. Ennis worked out. Parsons not so much, which we do have an article on the 94 Field Report about Chandler Parsons' situation. Um, but taking a flyer on Ben McLemore is still very young, 23 or 24, I think. Um, again, two years, 10.7 million. It, it might come back to bite them. Um, but again, a low risk signing if he can if he can provide some much needed shooting uh, like a Troy Daniels did. Um, then it's a, it ends up being a good signing for the Grizzlies, who desperately need more shooting around their grit and grind kind of core, uh, which again might be broken up. Um, this offseason. Um, so that does it for the signings on July 2nd. Um, again, this is episode two of our Fresh 15 podcast on the 94 Feet Report NBA podcast. Check out our website, 94feetreport.com. You can always follow me on Twitter at Eric Spiros. You can follow the site on Twitter at the 94 Feet Report. Uh, and quickly, a July 3rd preview. We, I mentioned it early in the, in the podcast that Gordon Hayward will be meeting with the Jazz so he's going to complete he met with the Heat on Saturday he met with the Boston Celtics today he's going to meet with the Jazz on Monday July 3rd most likely a decision uh, it's rumored is going to come on July 4th so that could be that July 4th shakeup last year we got Kevin Durant this year we might get Gordon Hayward so stick tuned for news about that um, news about George Hill other players the restricted free agents Shabazz Muhammad Otto Porter Bogdanovich etc um, and we'll have you you know, right back here uh, on July 3rd for another episode of Fresh 15. Follow me on Twitter at Eric Spiros. Follow the show on Twitter at the 94 Feet Report. Take care. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.